0: Hi, I'm Stevie Shanks, and you're listening to Motivation & Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 with host Eric the Beast-Feralo.
1: The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 16th of December, 2019. Um, You know, I talked about this morning on a few things. Um, You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I've been taught, we've been hearing you talking about prosperity and rewiring and neurons and this and that and the other thing, and I said, well... You know, if you go back and listen to the show I put up with Charlie Oliphant from uh, Friday night because we had Dr. Wong on, and one of the things I said is you must be definite about your thoughts. That was Charlie's show. But to expand upon that, if you want things to happen, if you want to be definite about things and you want things coming into you, you want everything you're thinking about to be definite coming back at you. So one is not going to work without the other. You have to be definite in your purpose. And on that, before I bring the great John McCain in, I am going to write the show notes, hopefully tonight, to our show from Saturday that I did with both John McCain and Dr. William Wan. In my opinion, we have done some masterpieces, whether I've done it individually with both gentlemen or with so many of the other family members on here where, in my opinion, we're second to none. This, in my opinion, and you'll have to decide for yourself, this potentially is the best show I've ever done with anyone, let alone we did two. And if you know anything about when you're working a three-way show, You've got to be pretty well versed with how you're going to proceed with it. And it went off without a hitch because I got two professionals that know what the hell they're doing and what they talk about. And, you know, I can only thank John and Dr. Wong because um, you don't always get that. And I heard from John yesterday and I heard from Dr. Wong. And let me tell you, both of them were very happy. Uh, Dr. Wong's ecstatic about coming back on and doing another three-way show. And we talked basically all about the rewiring. But Dr. Wong brought in a lot of examples um, from, like, the medical community. And John and I, of course, are the ham and eggers in the uh, rack that are just making peak performance here, in my opinion. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger. I'm telling you, John, Dr. Wong, and myself – I said to John before we came on, I don't even think we've scratched the surface where we're going. Where we're going, I'm telling you. This power rack training we are embarking on and John's been doing it much much longer than me, Dr. Wong too. I'm pro- I'm probably much like the newbie, but I'll tell you what. I can't claim to know everything, but I know a lot of shit when it comes at rack and we've talked about some of the shit that's happened to me recently. The prototypes we're working on we'll get john and rob up here um to get everything um we've got some pretty interesting stuff in 2020 so stay tuned now stand up take a deep breath through your nose out through your mouth and repeat after me i am a winner i am a champion i am unstoppable why well what have i said for the last year and a half that's the way you talk to yourself We talk about rewiring, we talk about power rack rewiring, we talk about subconscious, we talk about the consciousness who basically is the gatekeeper to keep all this crap out of your head. I'm telling you, between John and Dr. Wong and I, we are going to set a precedent for how you rewire your brain. And it's not only going to be just via the power rack, it's going to be with everything. It's very exciting stuff, so stay tuned. Also, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Winners of Champions, that is our premier product. You can download it, and you talk about stuff that you love to do. Well, we talk about it here with John, too. There's enough material on there to last you the rest of your life. Also, too, our Prosperity Conscious page, that's on Fiorello Barbell Co. That is an investment in motivation and muscle and Fiorello Barbell Company, where, let me tell you, Content rich is unbelievable. There's a $25, $50, $100, basically investment in both businesses. Um, It goes right to my PayPal account. And away we go. But I was saying on the show with Dr. Wong and John, you know, we're getting huge amounts of downloads more than ever. Send $10 if you download the show. You know we get a thousand people at ten dollars that is going to help us increase our revenue where we can do more and more and maybe it'll eliminate a day for me having to go out of here and making money. but we are solving that too because there's no other way than the to, to constantly be thinking in a prosperous light. There's so many things I got to tell you how many things have changed for me. Tomorrow afternoon, I go out and lift floor press, steep incline, all dead stop that John and I have talked about. Doing a little standing pressing. I'm going to talk to John, too. Um, I've got Dennis doing shovel lifting. I want to send John a picture of this that I had built about five years ago. And it's staying at a low point. And I'll tell you right now, that apparatus weighs 60 pounds empty. You could put on that bar alone... You could put probably 50, 50, 50, 25-pound plates, and I mean the thick ones, right up to the top. That's how big this thing is an animal. So there's going to be more on all that, too. But I want to get into what we're talking about today. And um, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. I believe uh, this will be the sixth show, whether it's just John and I. And now Dr. Wong is with us, too. So there's going to be six shows after Volume 3, and I put up Dr. Wong's show with John, which I'm going to, like I said, I'll write the show notes tonight if everything goes accordingly. And the possibility of it up being tomorrow might be even greater. So you're, you're going to love this show. Also, too, uh, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Um, it goes out to my MailChimp account. You know how content rich we are. You will get everything. Also, too, another way to make an investment in the future for all for all of us is to advertise here on motivationmuscle.com. The rates are extremely easy to digest. And I will work diligently with you, and you'll work with me, and we will create our brands and make us bigger than ever. And obviously, the idea here is to make capital, because you cannot do anything without capital. Contrary to what so many experts say, you can have all the ideas in the world, but if you don't have the money to shuffle them, you're going nowhere. So remember that, anybody that's looking at it from a different set of eyes. Also, too, uh, our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. On that note, I'm going to give you information on John. I'm going to read the bio. And today is another big day. We're going to talk Power Rack Training, Volume 3. We're already up to the third volume, which I can't believe. But let's give you some information on John. John yesterday turned a young 74. And, uh... Happy birthday to him. We wished him a big happy birthday on uh, Saturday. He's, uh, he's been competing in all aspects of the Iron Game for 57 years. He's lifted in hundreds of meets, having won national titles and Master's Age Olympic-style weightlifting and powerlifting, and acquired nine world titles in IAWA, which is all round weightlifting. He currently is holding 335 USAWA national all-around records as a retired middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling. John put to good use all the writing required in college by self-discovery articles published in about every available strength journal. He was quite involved with the sport during the golden age of power rack training in the 1960s, and has continually trained with, researched, and written about this dynamic system ever since. And as I've said, if you have not discovered John, this is where I found John. Go out and order all of the not is it the hard yeah hard gainers. He wrote for a long time for Hard Gainer. I'm telling you right now, the articles are just as relevant as what we're talking about today. It's all heavy. It's all singles. It's all learning how to warm the body up. So anybody that doesn't have those articles, they might not be in the magazine like they used to be, but I know Stuart McRobert because I bought a bunch of things, they are printed on paper. It doesn't matter. The body of work is what you want. So I would stress to go out there. On that note, John, welcome back. You know, it's always an honor. I know we spoke just two days ago, but it's great to have you back, brother. Thanks, Eric. It's good to be here. Uh, Good that I lived to my
0: birthday. And uh, now I guess, uh, uh, as my wife tells me, I'm starting my 75th year. She doesn't even consider 74. She says, you're you're
1: old. You're starting your 75th. Yeah, but (laughs) you know know what's the greatest thing is? What's that? That. You and I, I I, I think from talking to you about some of the stuff you've had, you know, with your health, you've gotten rid of as of late, physical culture, if there was anything ever that is the fountain of youth, I I, I truly believe that. I, I really do. You know, I'm looking at you, look at the numbers, you're still popping with weights. And you got, you know, when I talk to you and people have made the statement too, you have the exuberance of a of a gentleman that is at least probably in my opinion 45 years younger than your actual age or maybe even less than that because you don't last this long and you don't teach people and you don't come on M M&M and talk about all these great things we're doing and are going to be doing in the future without really not having that exuberance that young kid that you know that you're looking out that young kid's eyes still and saying you know what I can do it and Just give us a little comment on that before you come in, because what's your feeling? I mean, is it is this really the fountain of youth we're playing around with? Well, it probably is, because as we've talked before,
0: you can always train in a power rack. No matter how screwed up your body might be, there's always something you can do and you can do it damn heavy. Uh, And like we talked with Dr. Wong, if you do anything, any movement, within a power rack where you're going all out, the whole body is being affected. But as far as the state of mind, they've told me my whole life, I never really mentally uh, grew up beyond 16 or 17. <laughs> That's good. And, and even when I was teaching junior high kids, they, they used to laugh and, and tell me, they said, Mr. McCain, you're not like the regular teachers. You're one of us. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And you know what? You get people's attention that way, and I, I, you know, I've had many things said to me, like you know, act your age, or you know, are you ever going to grow up? And you know, my que- my answer to them is never, nope. because you know, growing up to me with most people is they become very c- cynical, jaded, and sour, and no matter what you say. They'll have some kind of negative connotation or comeback. And this is why I tell people, with the rewiring, with the power rack, with everything we're doing, and if you get into what we're talking about, especially within the next year or beyond, you're going to see a significant change within your personality How you walk, how you handle yourself, how you speak to people, who you surround yourself with, and just the optimism when that alarm goes off in the morning and it'll get to a point you won't even need an alarm to get up. Why? Because you can't wait to go out, as they say, and seize the day. Um, We're going to start. This is going to be very interesting. Um, We're going to talk about, obviously, this is Volume 3 of Power Rock Training, and John wanted to get into... The change, the difference, coming off the rods, the dead stop, squat, we usually always concentrate on the approach because it's much different than anything with a rebound. So, John, why don't you box it together and we'll go from there, brother. All righty. The thing that you just mentioned
0: is probably the core of all our training in the Power Rack. No matter whether you are uh, doing a lift up to a higher pin or you're just pushing enough, pulling enough to get it off the bottom pin, or whether you're going into bands, or whether you're going to do a, a complete movement from, let's say, a mid position all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Everything has to begin with getting it off that bottom pin, breaking it off that. And I, I think what I'd like to do, I told you before, Eric, yeah. I'd... Uh, I want to give an example or a story sure. of how this worked. And this occurred to uh, a really good friend of mine. I've mentioned it before on other shows. And this was a fellow named Tony Fratto. He lived yep. oh, maybe a half hour north of me. And I did a story one time on him for muscular development, I believe it was, about his power lifting. But the fellow was like – He did everything. Uh, When I first met him as a young teen, he was an Olympic lifter because that was the only game in town. And weighing a little less than 181, I saw him do a standing military press with 305. Whoa! I mean, the guy was strong. Hell yeah! I mean, he he was winning all the Olympic lift contests around. And the thing was, too... He was also into the physique competitions. He was tearing them up with that. He had a, a gorilla of a physique. Yep. Uh, in fact, the last time I saw him, uh, he was pretty much retired from all lifting and decided to to be modern and get defined. Yeah. Well, With his size and definition, there wasn't any of the any of the young people around that that. Could look anywhere near him. He was like Mr. Olympia quality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But at any rate, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Back when he was training, when I knew him and everything, and then after his Olympic lifting, power lifting started, and he got into that probably at about the same time I did. And he soon was using his standard. Olympic lift training uh, and training the power lifts themselves that way, just training up in the squat, bench press, and deadlift. Locally, he was doing really good. But on the international scene, or the national scene, because I don't think it had quite grown. Well, yeah, it did grow to international then, because I'm going to tell you a story about a world meet. Uh, He didn't quite seem to have what the you put quotes around it, big guys did. Yeah. Okay. And I was in attendance at the One World meet and Tony showed up as a competitor. And I, you know, this kind of surprised me because I didn't think he was quite ready yet. And the fact was he was lifting against a guy, I'm not going to mention this fellow's name, <laughs> uh, he, okay. he's uh, deceased now, but he was like the big gun in the United States in the 198s okay. at that time. And personally, I didn't know how to take him. I don't, I'm i not sure I really liked the guy. I never talked to him or anything, but right. I'd seen him the year before at the uh, U.S. nationals that were also held in York, where this world meet that Tony showed up was. And – the thing about him was yeah, he had a great reputation as a big lifter. Yep. Uh and he was really built well, and I can tell you this simply because that whole week at the Nationals that we were there, he walked around town. Ah. <laughs> everywhere he went, he had nothing on but yep. a pair of short shorts. Yep. No shoes, no socks. He was impressed with himself. And to be honest, he was damn impressive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The restaurants that probably had rules about no shoes, no socks, or (laughs) no shirt, no no clothes, uh, didn't dare say anything to him because he was a beast. Yeah. Okay. And of course, that year at the Nationals, uh, I mean, his thighs were tremendous and his squatting ability was really good. He, He destroyed everybody. Yep. So when at the Worlds, I, show, I saw Tony show up, I thought, this isn't going to go well for Tony yeah. uh, because he has to lift against this monster. Tony beat him in every single lift.
1: No shit. Wow. <laughs>
0: and, and, and he did a 705 squat uh, to, you know, seal the deal. I mean, he, he was just ahead of him every which way. And this surprised me because in local meets, he hadn't shown that kind of power. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then just the other day, I read one of your old favorite authors, uh, Anthony DeTillo, and he was talking about Tony and he said uh, the actual actually the article was about the the power rack. And they said, he said, you know, Tony Fratto trained for the big meat in a power rack. He -hmm. was doing a squat just above parallel. Of course he was going all the way up I think he would have done better if he right. would have got enough weight where he could just barely move it off the pins but yep. he squatted all the way up and Detillo uh documented that he had reached a 750 for wow. three reps wow from just above parallel wow so he was you know he had gone from just training like a regular lifter would uh like you always say 135 225 yep. you know yep. wor- working up uh, uh and, and then he went into the power rack and developed this sort of power dynamic <sighs> power that actually destroyed a guy that had the big rep and everything so uh, and the funny thing was I had to reflect back the guy with the big rep and I told you he was super impressed with his body. Tony would have destroyed him in a physique contest. (laughs) I don't
1: doubt well you know. um, Once again you see another prime example of the power rack Um, and I remember I think it was our first show or maybe when you and I have talked extensively offline um. I think we talked about the speculation with Russia, how suddenly, you know, they were lifting all these monsters. And let's forget about Diana Ball, okay, here for a second. Everybody would be saying, well, they're all taking better drugs. You know, John and I have talked, you know, I don't remember if John said there was rumors of power rack work or whatever, but. Here's what I want to tell you. I'm going to give it right back to John because he's got another story I know to tell us. But here's the thing that really intrigues me about power rack training is this stuff is so concentrated. And this is why I say it takes a long time to learn and cultivate it. But, my God, now, that gentleman, was that was Tony, right? Yeah, I, I Tony want to make sure. Yeah. Now, think about this for a second when Dottillo wrote that article. Now, one thing about Ditello, everybody knows he's one of my all-time favorites. I mean, how many times have I said, you look at that guy's traps, they look like bookshelves behind his neck, literally. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Here's the deal. He didn't do it the way John and I were doing it. Maybe he did at times. We don't know. All right, because there's so much information that's not there. We can only speculate, but think about this. He came off the rods. All right, let's say parallel. He came two inches above parallel. Started a mid-700 and completed it to the top, dead stop. Do you know how much weight? To, I bet you if you do a rebound on that, John, you could probably add another 70 pounds to that. Seriously. Because they'd be all wrapped in every other thing. But that's what I'm saying about this power rack training. It is it's not only something to cultivate and learn and do for decades, the rest of your life. But when you get a response like that, you know, here's the here's the big shot coming in, you know, all he's doing is probably walking by glass and looking at himself with a pair of shorts, you know, blah 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 blah. To me no class at all. But whatever. And then here's this guy that comes out of nowhere that John's known forever and thinking, I don't know if he's ready for this. And what does he come in and do? He destroys him. How do he destroy him? What was the denominator, probably the common denominator, as Anthony Tillo said? Dead stop squats. It's all yours, John. Well, absolutely. Because... It seems
0: like when I was doing these, I thought, well, I, I was on my own. This is when I was beginning into the rack and everything. I uh, thought it was cheating because nobody else did it. But right. I started to look around, and I found out that a lot of the big guns – I found this out later. Uh, maybe Maybe it was a good thing. Because I wouldn't be intimidated by by some of the uh, truly monstrous lifters that that did this. But I I saw fellows like uh, John Kanner, Mm. Bill West, Roger Estep, uh, George Friend out in California who trained with West, and and my old buddy Russ Nipp. They were all doing squats that would start just above parallel in a power rack. And the whole denominator about that was the start from the dead stop at basically a midi position.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I want, you know, and I was going to ask you, but you already answered that. I was like, what got you finally thinking like, you know, this looks like something worthwhile to jump into? Because let's face it, we've talked about this over and over. This by far is, is not easy work at all. You know, there is a learning curve with it. You've got, I remember when I started doing this, I mean, I had to start with, I started with 100. Well, let's see, I had the Buffalo bar at the time. I want to say maybe I started with uh, 148, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. But so you better, if you got an ego, you got to shove that aside because it's a whole different setup, man. You know, how many times have I said, come up wrong? Maybe you come up, maybe you don't. You know, it's a whole learning experience basically to do that. But I, I, the dividends pay more and more. There, obviously, as you go along with it. But obviously, you found something that worked for you. And as we're talking about how you and I are now going into some other things now. Not only with we found out about these prototype bars that are being built. We believe that we've hit now something that nobody else has ever used other than that one picture we talked about before. Um, and this is where I see the crux of everything possibly going the way it is. Plus, we already said that we had Dr. Wong with us on, and he's coming not only from a practical view, but he's coming from a scientific end. So I, I in my opinion right now, between the three of us, Uh, We have such locked potential here and the ability to build this up higher and higher. Now, and one thing that will be great, obviously, John's grandson, if he gets into this the way we've been talking, because you're going to get a very young man here that, you know, at his age, his testosterone could fly to the moon right now and if he if John can get him captured in the moment with this stuff and this kid likes this i can't wait to see what he's going to be like and look like if let's just say he sticks with it for 1 year with John and we don't worry about beyond my opinion is this kid no matter what he does whether he just stays in the all around stuff like john does with him or he goes into power lifting or say he wants to go into stone lifting or whatever my opinion like i've talked about where i'm going with everything i think he'll be truly unstoppable that's it's all yours john well i think you're right
0: and the good thing about that i was just thinking this yesterday uh i'll be picking him up friday for Christmas vacation he'll be here for two weeks. nice. This is when i'm going to start him <laughs> on on the uh squat from the midi position. Nice. i don't have that new bar of yours yet, but i I told you I have a way of yeah. sort of simulating it, yeah, and I think dre's going to like it because he 's never really liked squats he's been pretty good at deadlifts and everything sure. but he doesn't like squats because they you know he's young and everything hasn't really experienced they do hurt his traps and yep. everything with yep. a regular bar but if i put a wider bar two inch bar yep. on his shoulders that's going to take a lot of the stress out now yep. i don't have a two inch bar yet but i figured a way we with well, I know, but I, I have a way with uh, the uh, styrofoam pads sure, sure. simulating uh, yep. a two-inch uh, dead start squat, and he's going to like this. But the the thing is, this is going to develop that power that when I was doing it, I told you I thought, well, gee, I'm I'm all alone in doing this. Uh, uh, boy, I must be really smart. But right. I found out that these fellows that I mentioned – you know, guys like Lou Simmons and Russ Snipp, uh yep. Tony Frato, independently, all arrived at the same conclusion. Yeah. That's where the power is, at the mid-position and from a dead stop. Yep. Now, even before that, and I think this is going to make a pretty significant point, Bill West and his gang uh, of guys out in California – that actually started official power lifting they were doing it before that uh and bill west did a series of articles for the old uh i guess it was muscle power or whatever the weeder book was at the time Uh, but they were always doing these within a power rack and they were doing box squats yes now if you think about a box squat A box squat is exactly the same thing that we're talking about. They would lower themselves to a box within a power rack for the safety of it. Uh, I don't know why they didn't think just to use the power rack itself and do away with the damn box. But uh, there's a reason for that, too, I discovered. But the thing was they, they got to that mid position, would pause, and then get up. Handled tremendous pondages, and they were ahead of everybody in the country at the time. Uh, Bill West and George Friend were doing lifts that no other power lifter uh, anywhere in the world was capable of. And that was because of this dead stop box squat. But I got to thinking about it. Now, why in the hell would they have to go with a box? And right. then it came to me, although I had found this myself independently, just doing the the middies as I did. And the fact was, if you had a box below you or a chair, you had to sit on. And what that did was put your ass directly in the center of your thighs. Yep. I mean, you went straight on. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Uh, To give you a counterexample, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was asked to critique somebody's squat, Mm -hmm. and I looked at them, and they said, what's wrong? I said, your your moving muscle is not even in the picture. Uh, Their ass was so far back behind them that it wasn't giving them any balance, centering, or the direct power of the main muscle involved, Mm -hmm. but when they did box squats – They had to have that ass almost straight down below their center right? and come up from that position with really tense glutes at the time. This was what it was all about. And as I've told people forever, when you squat or when you do squats in a rack, you're not doing a leg lift. You're training your ass. Yep. That's the major moving muscle. I guess it got so bad that guys in my gym at at Ambridge uh, used to tease me because of my squatting and singles and being in the rack. And one guy, funny as hell. He used to start, I'd come around and get in a rack, he'd start singing, John, John, short and squatty, all ass and no body. <laughs> and, and, and it was probably true. And, uh, you yep. know, I, come to think of it, I miss those days. I go over to our commercial gym now and you can't talk you to anybody. It. They all have these little things in their ears for their yep. radios. And yep. you Yeah. Can't even say excuse me to them without uh, you know them having to unwire themselves. And I thought, boy, whatever happened to the good old days when we used to razz each other and and have a hell of a good time in the gym? Well, uh, you know what it, I'm surprised just, we didn't kill each other for some
1: of the things we we said well, to each other. We used to do shit like that and throw stuff at each. But you know what it is. Everybody's just so damn wrapped up in, in doing everything. Well, we I talk about innate intelligence. Instead of listening to your own self, you got something buzzing in your ear. Now, look, a lot of times there's different people I like to listen to. I'm talking people that are inspiring. But it's on very, very low. Because what I found with things like that, your subconscious mind is still doing it. Now, if I went out in my garage, other than... Putting the stereo on with something that would break your eardrums. I have nothing going because I'm the kind of guy that I want to concentrate. You know, all right, you're getting you, you know you're getting ready to do a dead stop. Say we're going to move it four inches in the middle, and we're using 650. Now, if I've got some horse shit going off in my ears, as we talked about Saturday and all before this with you and then Dr. Wong the other day, where's my level of concentration? How bad do I want this? You know, when I walk in there in the gym all the time, you know, I've said, there's people on my mind, yourself, DeTillo, Wong's been in there, Anderson, you name it, okay? People that I feel are very legit, whether they're with me or not and that's how i do things i communicate whether it's silently or i'm whispering or i'm or, or i'm yelling it so loud we've had the police at my house before cuz it's been so raucous and you know who it is it's me one person <laughs> one person so what i'm saying is i totally identify with that and i know you go there you do your shit they wouldn't let me in a commercial gym i mean we were thrown out one time and in a bunch of us and they were serious lifters they called the police on us. They were gonna arrest us. They were gonna we to, they told us to go out and not come back there again. That and another other things we know spurned that all on. But my point is this how can you be legit and walk into a power rack the way we're talking about everything with number one, a set of little earbuds in your ear? And I'll tell you the danger of things like that too, if you go and want to do this dead stop squat we'll use. If you ever got that stuff tangled around with that bar, I mean, seriously, at the rate we move that stuff, I mean, you could probably literally rip your eardrums out. That's my point. When you're going into something, and you're going after something that powerful, because it's so powerful, that, that, that kind of stuff, regardless if you got your head right in, it, could kill you if it wanted if it wanted to. You need to concentrate fully on what you're doing. When you hear... John talking about, you know, when he's reading and he's telling us about, you know, articles Anthony DiTillo wrote and, and, and and the things they were around. And, you know, if you don't know Anthony DiTillo or any of these gentlemen John has talked about, go out and look, Bill Peanuts, West, all these guys, Pat Casey, go out and look at these people, man. You'll be absolutely amazed at the size of these people. And probably the majority of them were clean, too. It's all yours, John. I mean, I could go on and on, but I know we're talking power rack here. But it's all, anything like this we're talking about takes complete concentration. You know, and if you're not concentrating and you're listening to music, the opportunity for you to get in some trouble is very real. So it's all yours, John. This reminds me of
0: back in the Ambridge VFW, which was an old pit of a gym, uh, but the guys were all hardcore, very serious lifters. Uh, In later years, we started getting more and more of the uh, teenage athletes coming in because the high school uh, for Ambridge was right across the street from the gym. Uh, And these guys were good trainees too, but being teenagers – They started coming to our meetings and insisting we have uh, radio and speakers around. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, to be fair to them, they kept it low and, you know, it wasn't really loud, but the old timers didn't like it. And you would be amazed at the number of times that radio turned up broke
2: <laughs>
1: yeah I, yeah yep.
0: I mean, you know yep. it, it wasn't like a tube would burn out it would be like there'd be a dumbbell through it
1: <laughs> exactly exactly i but, i
0: look go ahead but i you know i i i had to reflect especially like a day-to-day where there's snow in the ground and it's uh a little cool and uh, how you and i and dr wong had talked saturday about training when it's uh, uh, a bit less than, than totally heated and everything. Sure. How I used to love to go down to my power rack in the, in, you know, in the winter months and everything and just start with that dead stop start Yep. with my, you know, with the bar and power rack and everything and have no noise at all. I mean, I never had a radio or anything like that. And, uh, I didn't want one. Uh, Uh, Many times I just had to go and be at home by myself where there wouldn't be any of those distractions.
1: Right, right. Because you know something? I said this. I don't know if I said it with us the other day or I said it with someone else. I don't remember. I said men by nature, and I'm talking about our style, what we like to do. We're solitary, the majority of us. Now, you you know John's married. He has two sons, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not, but I'm always involved with someone or something, okay? I'll be honest with you. There's only a few people that I would train One with. John would be one of them because this is my whole idea about everything. You know, we're talking about here, we're talking about learning how to dead stop squat off a set of rods which is totally different, which is totally different pathways you have to build, which come up one side wrong, drop down. You know what I mean? Or maybe you can't move the bar at all. You still got an isometric, in my opinion, which most people would agree with. But the majority of this work is done in a singular fashion, meaning you. Now, I have a lot of I have a lot of ideas about this, and I'll just use my mind, and we'll get right back to to what we're talking about. But it all coincides with the dead stopping, the learning, the the whole procedure, whether you are pushing, which we emphasize fully about this, or you're standing straight up, bolt upright after you've crushed it off the rods. I think a lot of us and if not but you are of that personality this is a type of training that's going to really complete you as a human being and by that i mean when you're alone you've got to load your own plates like the other night i i go out tomorrow night it's going to be freezing out there talking snow again tomorrow we're probably talking the garage will probably be 30 I have fuel, I run kerosene, I've got a heater in my garage, and it doesn't stink either because the door is only three-quarters of the way down, so you're always getting fresh air. That will keep me warm, but I only set it, I'll set it for 40, because I have a thermostat with this thing, and it shuts off, shuts on whenever the garage reaches the temp. Now, we're talking a stone garage, which has got no insulation, you got a door quarter of the way open, And you're in there having the time of your life. And what I've found over the years with this stuff, and especially lately, is this. If you are of that ilk or you start building this type of mental tenacity, and I mean real tenacity, where, you know, how many times have I talked about My brother-in-law, snowing like hell out. It was a scheduled workout. Well, what was tonight? We have to carry the hoose to steal. Okay. We got lights all over the house. The house looks like daylight, so there's no excuse. Freezing out. Snow's coming down. Snow's up to mid uh, shin. We got to carry that beast. All right. So, usually we would open up with at least close to 200 pounds with it. You got to clean it out of the snow. I've said how many times we both got flannels on. They're all iced up, your forearms. Walk maybe five feet, you fall down. Thank God for the puffy snow or you'd get hurt for sure. But here's the whole thing with all this dead stop stuff. Because, you know, to me, we've got it set up in the in the rack, the special setup I've got. When John gets here, I can't wait for him to check this out and try it. Is I can take those stones, dead stop them, and we're going to get into this next. Unless John's got something else. And talk about the band work I do because and john too obviously but when i told john what i was doing with the x factor he was like what i was like yeah i mean um there's a way he does it which i'm sure is much better but that's the way i interpreted the way they're talking about bands or i came up with it myself anything i do with the dead stops and i'm gonna use bands and try to go through it as hard as i can and if i can tag the upper set it's all that much better. But I will tell you, and I'll admit this to you, I've failed more than I've succeeded. Now, I might drive it an inch off, but here's the deal. I've told you, I've gotten knocked square on my ass from that shit. Because the minute that tension comes off it, you fall down. And it's it's wild. And you wonder why these guys can go into these meets and take the big star there is walking around with his underpants on? Come on, will you? This is what it's all about. It's all yours, John. But that that to me, uh, you know, there's so many things about power rack training. But if, I guess if there was a, ever an essence for me, it's, it's taught me and gave me the ability to be alone, to train alone, and still succeed at a rate that most people can't succeed at even when they've got two or three training partners with them. Take it away comment and let's let's get into the bands whenever you want when when you're ready. Well, that's exactly where I was headed. So, I'm glad you
0: introduced it like that. It just goes to show that great minds think alike. Or, exactly. Yep. We, being that we're always in that cage, let's let's tell people like it is. We're both in the nut house. So, <laughs> we want we want some more uh, nuts coming in with us and maybe yep. that's what the Power Rack does for you. But yep. the big thing with the dead stop is that you cannot or maybe you could, but you probably shouldn't try to just explode through that bar from the dead stop. I mean, get it going with pure strength. Okay. Now the difference between strength and power is power is strength with speed. So Mm -hmm. you want to start it with pure strength and then try to accelerate The instant you feel that bar moving at all, Uh, if you go in and just try to conk it, you're not going to get it. You're just going to get a very, very sore set of traps and shoulders and everything. But start it and then move it. The best way to move it and then get into that acceleration mode is to throw a set of bands over that bar. The the bands actually serve as what the top pins used to serve as. It, it gives you the stop in yep. something that uh is sort of immovable. Now I say sort of because even though, as Eric just mentioned, you hit a, a couple of cross bands uh in an X like Uh, Eric does it. He pins the bottoms of these to the lower pins, uh, you know, like I did. And the thing is, you'll hit that and it'll stop you because you only have a little bit more pondage left in you to push when you're pushing an already heavy barbell. But the fact is, you're pushing like crazy and then you get this little thought in your head. You know, I can push this a quarter of an inch more. Yeah. cuz it's moving the the bands will move and you can always do that even if they don't go anywhere you think you're moving them okay so it's really it gives you the absolutely 100% max that you want at that position actually it's two maxes one yes. is the start the dead stop start And then if you move it up an inch or two, that's the second max in that same set. So it's really pretty intense stuff. But the fact is, this is what the bands will do you. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's other ways of setting up the bands other than the X. For instance, uh, I discovered, I, I think Lou Simmons gave me this idea from the way they trained over in Columbus, Ohio. What they did is they squat the same way with bands, except instead of putting an X above the bar, they squatted the bar from the pins bare, but yep. they put a, uh, a rubber cable through their belt in the front and looped each side of the belt to their feet. So yep. it was not interfering at all with the bar on the shoulder. And yet it, it gives you a different feel. But it's, it really adds to the resistance in exactly the same manner. You want to get to the combination where that band you're standing on that's looped through your belt yep. and the bar itself uh, have a weight that you won't be able to go up more than an inch or two.
1: No, that was great cuz I remember you sending me a picture of yourself or it was a video or whatever, of that's how you did it because I remember when I told you the first time, he goes, "Holy shit, you're doing that." I was like, "Yeah. I just I never even thought of that having it, you know, attached to your belt over the bar and then obviously through your feet." But it works. There's no doubt about it. Um but you know what it was? I guess I guess, you know, that's the way I interpreted the whole thing and you know, to be honest with you, You can do it any way you want, I suppose. You know, John's way is probably better for someone that's really not been into it. Um, If you're a head case like me, um, you know, I love doing the X through the rods and and away we go. But, you know, and that's another thing, too, when John gets here. I use the same premise to pull the Hoosa steels through isometrics. What? I was like, yeah. You can ask anybody that's come over here and has lifted those stones with me, and they're like, holy shit, once again, that's another way to get knocked on your tailbone. And I have multiple times that because I'm telling you, not only is that stone super gigantic and thick when you, that you've got to hold, but when you're trying to go through those uh, X-bands like that, because got, we got to have them crossed right over the center of this, Uh, steel stone, where one of the filler tubes, the way we built one of the early ones, was right in the middle. So, that's another thing you've got to be able to get around, because that can cause big problems for you when you go to lift it, because then the bands are more to one side. It could go to the left or the right. Obviously, it's like everything. You get stronger, you get better. Yeah, it's going to affect you now and then, but you're going to learn to get through it. It's the same with what we're talking about with the power rack here. It's like, I can't wait to do some of this band work we're going to do on the next prototype bar that John will have, too. This bar, and I'm not going to say anything about size, dimensions, anything with it, my feeling is, from what John and I have discussed, from what John is using with it, and the bar I have that I'm actually using, but it's not built to my specs yet, um, I think between the size of this bar and the way we're using it to come off the rods and then we add bands into the future of it i don't know you might have the recipe for being the strongest son of a bitch ever on in the world but it's once again it's another thing that you have to work on and this is what we're doing now all of this prototyping All this getting under it a certain way. What size is the bar we're using? What is being activated? Because I already told John one of the bars, well, when we talked about the three-inch bar, I never used one before to do what I wanted to do with the dead stops. It didn't roll off my trap, so obviously my traps are pretty big. But as I told John before, my CNS basically said, "Uh uh-oh, um, my traps looked like somebody injected them with silicone. They are so goddamn big. This is one of the things we're working on. So, John, take it away. Um, I'm not going to say any more about it. Well, no, that's that's all good stuff.
0: One thing you mentioned, though, that I, I wanted to comment on, you'll maybe sure. you get a kick out of this, is you said that with bands and everything, you you got to sort of be careful of the balance and everything. Yeah. Because if you get one one side uh, wrong or it'll throw the the whole lift off. Mm -hmm. And I was describing to a guy uh, how I did this uh, with a press in the power rack. And he was mentioning that uh, – well, this is back when my shoulders were able to press. They're yeah, they're, they're yeah. not now. Bad yeah. thing about old age, I guess. But the thing was uh, I would do it at a chin position or a nose position right. a, and press up. And the guy I was describing it to said, well, you know, if you do this even a little bit incorrectly with the two bands on each side – you know, you're 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 not going to really be able to press right uh, a lot in it. And I said, well, don't use two bands. use just one. Mm-hmm. And he says, what do you mean? How do you, how do you do it with just one? I uh, said, wrap it. Yep. I said, uh, wrap it around itself or loop it through itself mm-hmm. uh, on the bar, so that's you know at your chin or at your nose. Mm-hmm. And I said, just stretch it on and step into the other end. Exactly. And he said. Uh, won't that hurt?
1: Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> and I said, no, it's just like riding a bike.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, it, it's not going to break anything that you're thinking about. Uh, uh, girls, uh, if you're listening to this, use your imagination. You won't have that problem. But uh, the thing was that that gave you a perfect anchor yeah. directly down your center. Yeah. and it had enabled a wonderful press uh, that you you could hold, and uh, uh, like I said, there being that the pressure on the band, if you used a decent weight on the bar, was very little anyway. Uh, no no pain involved in the uh, no. lower, lower mid region.
1: You know, um, w- once again, when you're here, you're gonna love that pressing apparatus I designed for the power rack. If I could press,
0: <laughs> well, you know
1: something. You might look this over and uh, just throw something very light in it and see. um, You can do this from any height. You can do lockouts with it, and it is safe as can be. Why? Because the way I designed it, the rods go right through each end. That thing wouldn't do, and you could put a grill on it, and it wouldn't break. And the idea of this is you center your body whatever arm you're using i used to take the non-used arm and brace it open it wide and i would squeeze the square metal in each post of the power rack we talk about the four pillars eric would be getting a total grip work by squeezing that pillar and getting under whatever arm it is going right through the center where it's all opened up where the dumbbells loaded and press that sucker straight up, and let me tell you, man, I use some exorbitant weights on there with two-inch bars too. The whole thing is, once again, you got to get up on something, uh, load it up, depending on the height you're going to go with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it is very easy to use bands with that too. Why? Well, that's why I created. Alex built me uh, six sets of rods there. All right, so I always wanted to have a set of two because I've done things where I've had two bars even rolling in that power rack with dead stop work. So that's ingenuity and that's thinking things through. And I'm telling you right now, the bands, the dead stop, the learning how to dead stop, the the ability to Look, forget the bands for a second. The ability to get under a heavy weight. And and even if you're starting, it's still going to be heavy. I don't care if it's 150 pounds. If you've never done it, it's going to be heavy. It's, you might get it up. You might not. Great, okay? But the idea is you got a working weight. you got a goal to go after. And we all need goals because this is what the beauty of power rack training is, is to have the goals, start fulfilling the goals, and then add another one on. And the beauty of the power rack, more than anything, and I can't reiterate this enough, safety safety you don't have to worry about people falling asleep when they're spotting you and you can't come up and the next thing you know you kill yourself i mean if there's anything i can say about many things of the of the quality of a power rack you're safe when you're fooling around well we won't even say that word fooling around because there's no fooling around in that when you're in there learning it when you're in there and maybe you know you're at john's level well john's still learning but John knows one thing for sure. When he stands in there and he's got those, those rods pinned, he's okay. If he misses, he crawls out. You don't have that, and you have people that are not real savvy with training, which I don't want anybody grabbing the side of my bar anyways. That alone could knock you over and kill you. This is where you belong. It's all yours, John. Well, the –
0: what you mentioned about safety is really hits home with me because I've lived that where guys grabbed one end of the bar. Yep. Uh, This happened in competition uh, too often for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guys would, would grab it at the wrong angle or speed. And meanwhile, it's my back that's under this heavy weight. Uh, I remember one time uh, they, they had two spotters and I got back and, Uh, I was coming up, and it it just wasn't there that day. I Mm -hmm. missed it, Mm -hmm. and I just felt my back just wrench because the guy on my left grabbed it immediately and started lifting it. The guy on my right was chatting with some girl in the audience off to the other side, so that thing completely tilted on my back. I, I think I went right from that lift Right down to the chiropractor's office. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it, it was that intense. And I talked to uh, uh, one of my old buddy competitors, Bob Weaver, who had had the heavyweight squat record at the time at 805. And I said, Bob, I said, what do you do with these, you know, idiot uh, spotters? when they screw up, he says, Oh, I never use spotters.
2: <laughs> and I said, what do
0: you mean you never use spotters? He said, well, he says, I developed this little system where, you know, I had that happen to me too often. And he says, you know, I'm handling, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred eight, runs. Right. He said, I can't afford that. He says, so what I do is I tell them to leave the platform. He said, if I am getting up part way and it stalls on me, Yep. He says, I just give a little shove with my hands backwards and a little frog hop forward. Mm-hmm. He says, the bar will go straight on, won't touch you at all, and you'll be completely safe. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really great. So I started doing that and it it did work. You yeah. get stuck and you just do that little hop and bang, you're you're yeah. you're out of harm's way. Now uh, once or twice, I, I think meat directors got on my case because the bar didn't really do any good to their platform. Exactly, let's say. yeah. Bob Weaver had a worse problem. He used, he trained in a old YMHA in Pittsburgh yep. that was on the second floor. Yep. And he was just adding weight and wasn't watching what he had. He, he didn't realize his final set was with like 950.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, which, you know, at the time was a little bit above his ability. So he got done and he got part way up. Yep. And he realized he wasn't going any further. He gave his little frog hop. Mm-hmm. It went right through the window. I did tell you it was on the second floor, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Right through the window and down onto the street below. And this Holy is like a busy shit. section of Pittsburgh. Holy shit. Yeah. Fortunately, it was a back alley type of uh, street. Uh, so there was, and it was, you know, late at night, well, eight o'clock or so. Uh, there wasn't anybody down there. Wow. Uh, but, you know, or, or a car. But, you know, a 950-pound barbell came flying out the window and down. It's like now, a plane. Now, now, to be sure, uh, you know, Bob wasn't hurt. Nothing was hurt. But the wise directors were not too crazy <laughs> to about that window being blown out or yep. the damage to the sidewalk down below or their barbell. Yeah. But but that, that could happen. And the thing is, uh, if you do lifts within a power rack, you are safe. Yeah, I know that uh, once uh, from all around competition, when my cruciate ligament uh, tore completely in half wow. under a 1500 bond hip lift yep. and later uh, the other knee, the, the uh, bone, ligament, and tendon all separated, that had to be sewn back together. But yep. after this, I figured, you know, with these knees – Going the way they did. Maybe I better not risk squats. But I just went back to my regular rack squats for midi position. And you're right. Ever since, everything's uh, been completely safe. If you miss it, you're only going up an inch or two anyway. So it's not like there's a big impact pushing you down. But you just settled on and put it on that bottom pin and walk away safe as could be.
1: Yeah, I mean – there's, there's nothing out there that will protect you like that. And, you know, you're, we're talking about massive amounts of weight. I mean, some people just, look, the only thing I can figure with what we're talking about here, and we know how popular it was with York Barbell in the 60s, John was there. And it fell, into fa- it fell out of favor for a long time. Now, my speculation is, because John has brought so much stuff forward, where now we find out this guy and this guy, and maybe the Russians and everybody. You know, w- were there programs silently being done with this, and nobody wanted anybody to know why they're getting the edge? That potentially could be that. But I also think too this disconnect that's been around for quite a while. I mean, there's a lot of different things now. You know, we know kettlebells, we know the clubs. You name it. It's all out there now. There's a lot of diversions all over the place. You know, a lot of people tell you, well, I did this, that, and the other thing. I blew my shoulders out. I can't bench press. Well, here's my thing. If you still love weights, there's not something else you could do besides a bench press. I mean, are you that messed up? You can't go overhead, or can you do rows, or can you... Polar? or can you finally get back into a power rack and learn how to use it my answer is yes but i see a lot of things now um where well yeah i'm lifting but i'm doing this now and i don't know if it's mainly because they are destroyed physically and some people are but i think the destruction is in between their ears myself and i think you get to a certain age too A lot of people, they just figure, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I love to hear people say to me, I've said on shows, oh, you're still lifting? I said, no, this is a, you know, it's an illusion what you're seeing, (laughs) you know, um, because I give them a wise crack like that because, you know, how ignorant. And, well, you know, you're you're this age now and, you know, don't you worry about your health? I said, I'm not worried about anything. If you go through life worrying about everything, you know damn well you're going to get whatever you're worrying about. If I had to make a decision because of whatever, well, that would be my decision. I'm not going to go into anywhere and have somebody tell me, well, you know, you ought to to mature a little bit here and, and not be doing that stuff anymore. I got news for you. This stuff I've been doing for decades now has got me pretty damn vim and vigorous all the time. And one thing I know, and I've got a lot of friends, and not everyone's like it, but I know one thing. I haven't lost a step mentally, man. In fact, I think even I'm even more intense now. Why? Lifting. Why? Power rack for sure. And when we talked with Dr. Wong and John the other day, and when you hear that show, you're going to get a little snapshot of what we're talking about, and especially these last three volumes John and I did, and we did one on brain power, which was kind of a segue into Saturday. And I'm telling you right now, you know, we talk about this and John brought up so many great things today and, you know, definitely, you know, how do you start dead stop and what do you got to do? How do you line? What kind of bar are we using? and how many inches you want to go? We're going to go middies. Are we going to move it two inches, four inches? You know, it's all going to depend obviously on the size of a bar because if you're trying to use a thicker bar than the standard one inch, you got a little bit of problem there. You're not going to get the rods over that or if you did you're not going to even be able to move the thing, all right? You want to at least move it an inch or two, if that. Um, So my whole point of this discussion is this. Today, and John will add and summarize everything, is this. You have the ability to come in, set your points where you want to go. We've talked about midpoint. Everything is midpoint. You have the safest piece of equipment ever built out there. Where do you want to put it? Well, you can be like some of these guys you see that use them. They're outside in in frigid weather. If I had done some things different, there would be a power rack out in my driveway right now, lagged right through the driveway. Why? Because I don't give a shit. If the snow's falling down, you'll see my crazy ass out there in the snow, dead stopping. But we put that aside. The point of the matter is you're in something very safe. You got an opportunity here to learn, man. Learn and capitalize on that learning. You hear about the records. You hear about, you know, you hear about these gentlemen like Tony coming in. The guy walking around town with nothing on, basically. All right? What he, what happened to him? He got his ass handed to him. Why? Simple stuff like Datillo wrote. Well, it's not simple. But the whole idea of it is simple if you put your mind on it. A couple inches above parallel. Dead stop 750 pounds. What do you think that's going to do to you and your body? Not alone. And everybody talks about this. I see these shirts on everybody, the whole thing. I just laugh. It's all bullshit. The word confidence, belief, and faith all come to mind. John, anything you want to add, summarize everything, take your time, give out any information, you know, if you want people to be able to get a hold of you. And, uh, I'll give my stuff out, and we'll get ready for Volume 4 in January, my friend. All right. Well, it's like you said. uh, You get a lot of negativity
0: about training and everything. They ask you at your age, uh, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? Could you imagine at my age where where I'm almost twice as old as you, uh, and I still run into – uh, some of my old fraternity brothers from college that I haven't seen for a long time. And I'll get the, the comment that's straight out of their mouth when they find out I'm still lifting and even yeah. competing. They said, are you still doing that stupid stuff? Why uh. do you do that? And I just say pointedly right back to him, because I never want to look like you.
1: Good for you.
0: And, you know, they 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 jump back, startled that you would insult them so much. And I said, look, I said, I feel alive when I do this. You were basically dead right after college. They just haven't haven't shoveled dirt on your face yet. Yep. And, uh, you know, so that ends that part of the conversation immediately. The other thing you mentioned about you can always do stuff within the power rack, no matter how many injuries you've had. Yeah. The thing that really brought this home to me is all my competition in the all runs. Hell, we have close to 200 lifts. God. If you can't find some in there that you can still do, uh, well, shame on you. you. You must be dead because yeah. there's always ways around it, especially if you're working short range within the power rack and with the studies that Dr. Wong cited Saturday, the thing is, if you're doing anything where you're putting an all-out effort into one movement with a maximum weight, your whole body is involved and it may be the only way of training where the whole body can get involved like this and show that maximum
1: benefit. So that's what I have to say, Eric. (laughs) Okay. Um, If they want to get a hold of you through Facebook, can they still, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, Just just John R. McCain. Okay. We, um, uh, like I said, get ready because these shows are just getting bigger and bigger and more knowledge and more stuff going on. And as we talked about with Dre, John's grandson, you know, I hope to God now that he'll be with John for a few weeks, um, John can get him going because uh, with what we got planned and with the equipment that is in design right now, as I said, I want to see what this kid can do because I got a feeling you we I've had pictures of him up before. This guy's built to squat. He's built to pull. He's very low to the ground. Um, And as John said, you know, he he plays football. You can't tackle this kid. He goes on this this dead stop approach we're talking about with the equipment that we're going to John will have the prototype as I do. If it ever stops snowing up your way. (laughs) Well, we'll get it. We'll get it one way or the other. But I'm just saying my feeling is. John put him on, on this type of stuff for a year, and he's really dead serious, his grandson about it. I, I'm telling you right now, I, I would love, and and I know I can't, I would take my nine-year-old grandson Danny, who you've all seen, or not grandson, what am I saying, grandson, my nephew, and I'll tell you right now, I'd put him on those dead stoppers, man. He's prime. Nine years old, that kid's ready to cook. Now, would he want to do it or not? I don't know. I don't know. But I know he he loves me enough where he's always interested. And you know what? It's all how you present to people if they're going to bite into it or not. And if they admire what you do. You've got half the battle licked right there because there's something about this type of training. You know, everybody loves to use the word primal. You know how I see it is? It's in your DNA. I think we all have it in us. But it's going to be guys like John, Dr. Wong, myself, and many others here in this big wheel of spokes that's going to present it in a way that's going to make you think. And maybe you've been scratching the surface forever and saying, I can't get big. I can't get strong no matter what I eat. But then you get stuffed into a power rack and you got to kind of, as my pop would say, you know, you get put in a corner, you got to fight your way out of the corner. This is it. And this, this, you know, everybody talks about, well, you need this supplement. You need this. And you know, guys take stir. I'm going to tell you something right now. John can attest to it. Eat well, kind of keep your sugars down. If you can, you know, that's up to you. Um, Get some protein in. You know, you like to still drink milk. You know, I drink raw milk, but you don't have to, but I would at least drink whole milk. Get a good attitude on you. Go out and learn the stuff we talk about, about subconscious rewiring, and we're going to get into this more and more. And I'm telling you right now, especially if you're a very young athlete and you've got somebody that knows this or can come to John and I or anybody that's done all of this and are doing it, I'm telling you right now, I've said before on the shows, I would like to take the guy that's considered the least skilled football player on my brother-in-law's team in high school varsity. And I am telling you, I'm not sure of myself because you've all heard me talk about Dennis. I mean, the 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 thing this week, uh, our goal, I want him down to 240 by Friday night. Well, Saturday morning. You know, and he's lost over, clo- what, close to 50 pounds or over 50 pounds. And now it's approximately seven and a half weeks. So we've already beat our record of 250, which was supposed to be here at the end of this month. He's down to 247. My whole point is, and this isn't bragging either, but I'm very proud of this. This is a guy that was 294 pounds. He looked like he was nine months pregnant. He was teetering on some very serious health issues. I mean, he's not not a, a candy ass by any means. He told me he was afraid to go to the doctor. But that's a whole other thing. But what I want to shove this right into is, I've said that to my brother-in-law, Dan. Give me me your least skilled player. And he's like, well, what could you do? I said, he will be by far the biggest killer on your field. And he's like, hitting? What? I said, the fuck with hitting? This kid will be so strong if he lays a hit on you, you won't want, if you see him coming across the field and he doesn't get cut down, you're going to cower. And not only that, my personality is that way, and they will adopt your personality. Anybody that thinks enough of you, I said to him, you give me that kid. Not only will he be the biggest leader on your team, but when it's fourth down in inches, he's going to be the guy that's going to plant the hit right underneath the fucking chin, and you win. Okay. It's hard to convince people that, or they don't want to do that for certain reasons. I'm not going to get into it, but I would love to do that. I've had girls here. They want to get ready for a wedding or something, and they've never come to a place like this or dealt with me, and I'm very fair. But I'll tell you what, they leave here, they're leaner. They're stronger and more muscular than ever, and they're not going to some stupid-ass gym where they're on some treadmill watching TV or, as John said before, with those stupid earbuds in your ear. You come here, you know that this is the real deal. You come here and you want to lose 10 pounds, let alone we're going to lose 94 with Dennis. You're going to get it. You want to work? It's the same with the power rack. You get in there, you get that mentality, and you will win everything you touch. Now, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio. If you like John and I to do a particular show, go out to Fiorello Barbell at com. Also, too, um, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five star review. That's what we've gotten. We thank you for that. Um, let 's see we are on Spotify. We are on google podcast we 're on an array of things. You can find us at a h a directory, which is aha you can get us in your car twenty four seven I got to tell you too man I am like lit on fire in my brain right now. We talk about this stuff. I love talking to John about this stuff. This boy, I hope you get into this i 'm telling you right now you 'll never be the same again you 'll look at life in a whole different way. And I mean in a great way. I'm telling you, it. I, I, I've got so many things funneling through my brain right now. And it's all rack and and bands and hoose of steals and everything. Also, too, um, if you're, uh, let's see, if someone seeks you out in the concrete jungle, um, never be afraid to give them five words of wisdom, because I'm telling you right now, it matters. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. As I said, you never know what people are going through. Yesterday was Dad's anniversary. I know it was very hard on my mother yesterday. I believe I was probably the only one that went down the cemetery. Um, I don't think they can do it. They've done it, but they're not a big fan of it. Um, I just do it because, you know, it doesn't bother me, and I represent the family. Dad knows that, so does Jimmy. So... To me, it was a great day yesterday. I discovered a couple things that maybe I'll talk about one of these days. I told John and Dr. Wong, it's pretty interesting how the universe works when you start opening up your mind and your heart to it. Things change, man. I'm telling you, things change, and you get this feeling like you wouldn't believe. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as a great who's a steel stone, Crusher says, in blood red domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We follow no one. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Don't ever cut, clip our balls. And as Russell Furr says, your shows, when I listen to them, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's tidal waves. It's higher, wider. But the main thing is we just get more powerful every day. Every day, everything we do is just power, power, thought. As John said the other day, think, 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 be a thinker, be a thinker. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business, repetition, 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 quitters never win, winners never quit. My pop, be a leader, not a follower, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. We lost him four years this August to cancer. He'd walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. John's a gem. What a gem he was, man. Let me tell you, I'll never forget John as long as I live. Also, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a 100 or more of your friends or millions. I don't care that we are not going to kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Stick with us. Send these shows out. They are vital. Listen to them over and over. Go out to Etched in Stone, Etched in Stone for Kids, and don't forget about Fiorello Barbell Co. Great blog out there. Our products. Get involved. If you want to be part of us, get involved. Also, too, uh, let me think here. Les Brown. You all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And before I sign off with John, you're all winners. You're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. But most of all, you're all geniuses. You have power and potential that you haven't even tapped. And as I said, if you want these things, you want them to come at you, you have to give too. It gives and receives. That's what you have to do. John, another sterling, awesome, powerful show. Thank you for being on, my friend. You know, it's always an honor to have you with us here. You're welcome. I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. I wish you lived five minutes from me. I'd say be over here in 15. We're going out to lift. I tell you right now, I'd leave the door open. we get started. So this show will be up mid to late week. Um, look for the new show with John. Dr. Wong and myself, I am telling you, these shows are gold. They are diamonds in the rough, as they say. Have a great week, everybody. John and I will talk to you next month for Volume 4. Just go out and do something magnificent because you're all capable of it. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll see you next time.